Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Model RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. What up, world? Today I am joined by a wide variety of co-hosts, my favorite co-hosts, some of the best people in the entire world. We got Richie Buzzkill. What up, motherfucker? How you doing? Not much. Just uh, sweating a little bit inside my air-conditioned house, as you do in Arizona. So- well, yeah, and also you're you're working all the knobs and the gains and shit. And that, I, yep. that makes you fucking. It's just the sweat, sweat dripping down my brow. That makes you sweat <laughs> when you're working the knobs, holding it down. From working the knobs, just extra hard. Uh, yeah. Yes. Hey, so I've been there. I've been there. I used to be the knob worker in this show, and let me tell you, that's how I got through college. Oh, not. <laughs> I'm also here with Adam Sink. What up, Adam? How you been, bro? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm the second best Adam that's been on this show recently, so pretty stoked about that. Feeling good? Oh, that's a lot of qualifiers. Interesting. All right, great. And then we're uh, we're with uh, Ashley. What up? How you been? Hey, I've been pretty good. I'm I'm not sweating as much anymore. I replaced my air conditioner, and uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to go on another scuba diving trip. So right after this, I have to go pack because I'm a slacker. We're not allowed to talk about air conditioners on this show. Okay, then just focus on the scuba diving. <laughs> Don't even... <laughs> Adam knows I was getting ready to bust your chops because I was like, wow, first we had water heaters, now we got air conditioners. This is great. Like, What other appliances can we discuss? Anyone want to throw a dishwasher into the mix? I mean, my microwave's a little fritzy. So. M- mine, too. Mine, too. <laughs> like so it much- doesn't work or it's German. Yes. <laughs> ah, boy. Any dumb ching. And we are note. joined by a special guest today. We have uh, Daryl from the Wrecking Crew. We got a lot of love for our Wrecking Crew co-hosts, man. So this is like what two in a row with Wrecking Crew co-hosts. What up? What up, Daryl? How you been? What's up? How's it going? Everything's good, you know, other than the constant fires of existence and and whatnot. But you know, everything's good. <laughs> good. Good. Welcome back. It's always a pleasure having you on, man. Rock on. Glad to be here. Cool. Well, we got, uh, I think we have a pretty interesting episode today. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the um, the art of game mastering or whatever. I kind of, this is like a personal personal ethos. I'm not a big fan of like, like how to do it episodes. I'm not into the pedantic. There's plenty of fucking, you know, podcasts out there for that. But I do like to uh, do some like exegesis, right? Into the art, you know, as we deconstruction all right that's shit that i'm into so we're gonna do a little bit of that today of the game mastery side not necessarily of the playery side uh but first we got some dedications to go out uh yeah it recently it recently uh came to my attention through because we were before the show started we were talking about like people who we just like run into who've listened to the show and it's 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 actually a crazy number of people right guys i'm just like it blows my mind like every time I meet one of these people, absolutely. And 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 uh, I it's this this week I was talking to a friend I hadn't talked to in a while, and he goes, "Oh, I uh, I started I started playing with his gaming group, and they all listen to the show." And I was like, "What the fuck?" It's apparently some dudes out in uh, SoCal, like Santa Ana type area. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much, gentlemen, for listening to the show all this time. I understand that they're avid listeners. You know what? Maybe they're spilling smoke up my ass. Tell if Zane was lying about you guys, then just you know, 
punch him in the dick or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> how would they know if they don't listen to the show? Well, yeah, but maybe they're not avid. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So maybe, they like, maybe they're lukewarm them. listeners and they really degaff right. the whole thing. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Just qualifiers. Come on, all man. Right. Qualifiers. Um. I so, uh, so I, I, I was really chuffed to hear about you guys. This episode is dedicated to you out there playing fucking Call of Cthulhu and Shadow of the Demon Lord. I've actually put together a little uh, full metal RPG care package for you guys, and it is it's on the way. Um, if by the time you're listening to this, it's on the way, and it should be arriving in a moment. So, uh, thanks for listening to the show, and thanks for playing cool games. Uh, our show uh, is sponsored by Exalted Funeral. You should uh, go over to Exalted Funeral and check out all the occult esoterica and cool ass role playing shit that they have there. I mean, it's all good shit. Um, I go on there probably once a week to just check out the what. Um, the new hotness is, and you should subscribe to their newsletter because, um, first of all, it has a, a link to our webpage that we don't update anymore, and you can get right to it. You get right to that, right to that really crisp 2019 content. Second of all, uh, you can you, they'll show you when the restocks are, and then when, and when they put those restocks up, they sell through everything really fast. So if you want to know when the hot restocks are, uh, get the Exalted Funeral newsletter. And uh, be and like know when fucking like Mork Borg is in because you have like two hours to get it. Um, yeah, so so that's uh, that's uh, that's our dedications episode ninety six. Um, we'll just get right into my favorite part of the show, the black hole. The black hole is the the constant sucking void that eats up all of our uh, time, energy, and resources. It's role playing. What's everybody been up to? Let's start with Daryl. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Thanks for being our guest. What have what have, what's been consuming your attention, my friend? Um, actually, role playing wise, it's been pretty light. I've I've been taking a break with the uh, non convention season going on. Uh, I've been regrouping, re energizing myself, reaching out. I've been reaching out to people, uh, a lot of people in the community, trying to find out what's going on and trying to start organizing. Um, not necessarily games, but more just like keeping track of everybody and trying to figure out in this new age of uh, everybody reaching out digitally how I can uh, serve the community and help people out. But gaming-wise, unfortunately, I haven't had the the time or energy to play anything recently. Um, helping oh, yeah. my son with his campaigns still, and, and his friends are still going nuts with D&D, and it's amazing. But unfortunately, not a lot of time to play. Energy well, is a hard thing to come by. I feel like... Um Especially when we're in the midst of all the shit that we're in the midst of, and and, and in the Arizona heat, like a lot of people, they might not understand how it just uh, like what what an energy vampire, um, the Arizona heat is. So, like uh, you know, heavy relation, my friend, heavy relation. Well, there is one thing we can talk about, and that is you are my story editor. <laughs> so yes, we do have a good time. Go ahead, Daryl. Explain yeah. what this is. <laughs> so, so Richard and I work together um, and have an opportunity quite often to kind of bounce ideas off one another. And uh, we we used to have a, a lunch table, like round table writers room, where both Richard and I representing the gaming community and some engineers representing the um, uh, numbers people, highly technical people, the um, you know a flashbang wouldn't actually work that way kind of people. Uh, and we would kind of shop ideas around. So now with the office kind of being a, a little bit of a, a graveyard, Richard and I have plenty of time to sit around on our lunch break and kind of work ideas together. So uh, I was, I hope, inspiring for some legs of the um, last game you played. What was it called? Hit, uh, hit the uh, streets. Hit the streets. Defense. Hit the streets. Yeah. 
Yeah, you absolutely so. were. Uh, you very much helped steer. Even just being able to speak what the story is out loud afterwards really helps me figure out what's next. And I think there was some key some key uh, twists that were added uh, from you, Daryl. So nice. I'm glad I could be of assistance. Yeah, I'm jealous, man. That sounds great. It's it's like a great neat. Way to <laughs> Getting getting paid to sit around and talk about uh, games all day. Why not? Living the dream. <laughs> we do this on our own at, own time. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lunch hour very important. How about you, Adam? Man, what are you up to? I have been running a Dark Ages game, and I am still playing in our new. Uh, it's not really our continuation of our superheroes game with a new rule set. So we switched over mm-hmm. to Tiny Stupers that Ashley's going to run for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm carrying my character over from Hit the Streets, Defend the Block. Um, and so uh, Wraith will be back. And yeah, that's what I've been doing. Killer. Killer. How's that uh, How's that DA game coming? Like, uh, what's any any, uh, any new twists? Any new twists and turns? I love hearing about the DA game. Oh, it's always just politics. It's constantly politics in that game. So they went and talked to the Ventru, and then they met a uh, very helpful character who agreed to assist them with their task that they were on named Arsinoe. And so she is now going to travel with them back to Transylvania to meet with the Zimache. Cool. Oh, sick. Wheels within wheels. Sick. Sick. Um, and uh, Richard and Ashley, you're both in that game, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, so what are your characters <clears throat> up to? Your characters doing anything, anything cool? Um, this is my, my first kind of foray into non- fantasy slash sci-fi gaming so um welcome welcome yeah it's i mean other than the one shot that i did of uh call of cthulhu but this has been a very different experience for me and given that there are much more seasoned um players seasoned um, old is that what you're saying (laughs) they've been around a bit um they it's been interesting just to watch them play and see how they interact with the world. So uh, my character is a Toreador, and so I spend most of my time just enthralled with the beauty around me and carving into my skin. So that's been most of my experience with this game, but it's been a lot of fun, and I really can't wait to get more comfortable in the world so that I can get more involved with it because it's it's really cool. I like it a lot. Solid. Solid recommendation. Anything to add, Richard? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm one of those old timers, uh, uh, geezers, as it were. Uh, but uh, I I'm just kind of like I'm trying to encourage uh, people that haven't played. I'm trying to push them forward a little bit. Watching our our good friend Leaf uh, test mm-hmm. his character out the last session or so that was uh, that was certainly interesting. Uh, my uh, Cappadocian understands how underwater his character is so uh, he's trying to stay back as as it were but also not you know sometimes the he does the right thing in the background for people <laughs> mm-hmm. interesting so interesting. Yes. nice nice um cool well and you know sometime we should do like a big thing where you guys just talk about the whole game because I, I i don't know i guess in time about a vampire all day i love hearing that too so um so uh ashley what's your what's your uh what what, what are you up what are you up to oh gosh i'm always up to a million things <laughs> um well cobwebs came i'm very excited to really delve oh, into that yeah. i got some exalted funeral mail and i was like yes 
I have no idea what this is, but I was really excited to open it. And uh, so it was cobwebs. There's some cool little token things in it and stuff. So I can't wait to get into that. Um, I started my Pathfinder 2 campaign. We actually had our first session. And so I'm kind of getting a feel for the differences between Pathfinder and Pathfinder 2. Um, I know some of the people's thoughts on Pathfinder, but the the main things I've noticed are um, you get three actions, which I thought was interesting. So each turn you get three actions. And uh, if you roll 10 over the enemy's armor class, it's a automatic critical, which I thought was kind of cool. So is 20 still a crit? Or? Is 20 still a crit? Um, yeah. Or does it have to be 10 over? I think it has to be 10 over, but I'm not mm. sure. So I could be completely lying right now, um, but not on purpose. So I, I know that it's, yeah, if it's 10 over the armor class or if you fail by 10, it's a critical failure too. So okay. I'll look into the Natty 20 though. So um, yeah, so that's been fun. Um, I'm also really excited for uh, Christopher Gray's new game, Great American Witch. He's going to kickstart it on August 10th. And I have been following that because I'm very excited for that to come out. Hell so, yeah. That'll be cool. Good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so. that, that, and you you and uh, RBK both got cobwebs and we're like, kind of talking about it in the RPG mm-hmm. feed. And um, I was like, shit, when's my cobwebs going to come? And then I realized I hadn't filled out the backer kit information. So uh, <laughs> Oops. thank you for reminding me that. You're welcome. And now that um, you mention it, I don't think I did either. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten mine that yet. Actually, so. <laughs> is, I, think, I think Cobwebs has one of those mechanics with that. We had, It had that cool mechanic with the um, the mat that, that kind of requires yeah. you to be in person, right? Yeah, yeah you, you it's a, do- a dice drop game. So you... Uh, right. mm-hmm. See, so I was going to say, like, we all fucking own it. We should play it. Yes, I guess that will have to wait. Um, yeah, how about you? Well, we could just dice drop on your own, right? You just dice drop on your own match. Yeah, tell everybody true. what you got. Yeah, yeah okay, all right. If anybody wants to check, you just go. Oh, uh, I'll point my webcam at it. Yeah, I was like cameras. <laughs> we go. all have cameras, so right. yeah. Well, shit. There we go. Let's do it. We should play. Welcome it. to the play future, it. Brendan. <laughs> future. Oh my God! It's the information superhighway. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, so I've got uh, I got a couple of new books I've just acquired, and that is Harlem Unbound Second Edition and Berlin, Berlin Wicked City from uh, a Chaosium. Ooh, you picked up the went in on the uh, Berlin Wicked City, huh? Yeah, I, I by got our, by our good friend, friend of the show, David Larkins. Absolutely. I, well, I once I knew it was there, and I I start I saw the cover, and I started looking into it. I was like, well, yeah, clearly you want to punch proto Nazis and their wicked friends. Uh, <laughs> and then I got Harlem Bound Second Edition, even though the first edition has a far superior cover. Uh, but I figured. I might as well get this one instead of trying to dig it up a first edition cover. And then I've been like read and I've been reading uh, a couple books. So I actually read the Tingleverse uh, main <laughs> book. Nice. So what did you what you think? Um, I think it's it's uh, very it's very playable. It's a lot tamer than I expected. There are some good word plays in there, uh, but uh, nice. it seems like. And of course, I bought. I think I said last time I bought pretty much every book for that system, so <laughs> uh, just so yeah. I can read them at least at minimum. And uh, it's uh, it, it's it, when you read it in his voice after li- listening to his podcast, like it's just yeah. hilarious. Like. Dang. Oh, <laughs> Dang. 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 Nice. Nice. And then I've read I read uh 
uh, Vagabonds of the Die Fed. Oh, yeah. So what were your thoughts? What were your takeaways? Uh, my takeaway is that it kind of takes what is one of my favorite things about 13th Age and crosses it over to a Powered by the Apocalypse system. My favorite thing is about 13th Age is that uh, your backgrounds are what your skills are. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That is kind of a cool piece of tech, as they put it. Huh? Yeah, I love that because it, it to me, that is like the best version of the D20 system skills is like, just tell me who you are and then I will tell you whether or not, or you can tell me whether or not you get a bonus because of this thing. Where in the Vagabonds game, uh, unlike other PBTA games, there's no stats. You just have descriptors on your page and you basically go this descriptor, this descriptor, and this descriptor because of this, this, and this get me up to a plus three or a minus three on this roll. So there, yeah. so, so literally your, your character can just be like a little, it, it's just a card there's, and there's no moves per se, uh, at least no character moves. Your moves are based upon if you sit, you know, if you're a magician, like you can cast a spell like <laughs> because you're a mu- ma- magician and then you roll. So, um, so it's a very stripped down version of PBTA in that way. Um, and I think it's, it's well, the book is well designed and I thought that was, uh, it was pretty cool. So that's one of those ones that's been sitting in my, like, cause I think, I think it was like you paid for, uh, like a POD copy, you know, mm-hmm, yep. and then I just, I never POD'd it, you know, I just, right. it's just been sitting there for like years at this point. And, um, it's, I think, I feel like that might be one of the weak points of that, uh, that model, but another, but. I, the point is, is that I don't really know what's in there, and I've heard this. It's like, oh, it's like a stripped down uh, PBTA, and I'm just like, I don't know how you strip down PBTA. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in actually seeing it, seeing how that how that like mechanic actually works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and, and then one more thing, because I mentioned my the, I was playing the Trail of Cthulhu game last time. Well, oh yeah, Eternal Lies. You're 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 uh, you're uh, Balls deep in eternal lies, right? Yes. Well, my character got killed last time, so. What? Oh, I can't believe you didn't lead with that, man. Seriously? <laughs> what the fuck? What happened? Uh, we got ambushed and uh, basically with overwhelming force. And then I got, instead of getting blown up with dynamite somebody through, I got shot six, th- six times. So. Like uh, a what? Like by a PC? <laughs> no, no. By, by, by. P- NPCs. Oh, okay. So, no, a, a PC threw a, a stick of dynamite and botched, and it landed on my feet, or it landed in my hand, <laughs> because I, I saw it coming, because I rolled to see if I could see it coming, and then I threw it, and that attracted attention to me, which then I got gunned down. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that's like, yay, then, oh. Oh. Yeah, you're the hero. Oh, you're the hero. Yeah, you did. But hey. You're going to make a new character now? uh, Right now, I'm going to play an NPC for at least the next session. Uh, I'm going to flesh out an NPC, and then after we get to a point where we can get new uh, new people, I might switch to another character, or I might just keep playing this guy. So oh, that's that's really interesting. Well, that, my friend, is fascinating. And I am very I'm very glad that you uh, followed up on that because that's that's a, that's interesting news. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, and an uh, aside, uh, if you like Tabletop Radio Hour, they dropped a new episode. It's the first one they've had in a while. And I'm on it 
playing uh, Astro Venture, a game that one of them wrote. So, oh, and when, when did they drop the episode? They dropped it just like an hour ago. Oh, shit. So, so mm-hmm. when you're listening to this, it's been out for like three days. So yeah, yeah. yeah, you should go listen to it. I'm on there. And so, uh, you know, if you are a general fan of what I do, I don't know why you would be. Go check <laughs> it out. But they're great. So give them a listen. Thanks. Cool. What cool. Have cool. Well, I haven't been up to much. Um, like I canceled one of my sessions and then I think I had like two sessions cancel on me. There was a lot of session canceling. And um, so, uh, yeah, I haven't played in a hot minute. I have been collecting these cool uh, like backdrops that like uh, Adam kind of put me onto because we're in this new weird era of like gaming on Discord. Right. And um, if you've just got like your room behind you or your wall or whatever, um, maybe that's not the most like interesting thing for somebody to be looking at if they're like looking at you on Discord. And so uh Adam had the the idea for his uh, Vampire the Dark Ages game to like pick out like a picture from the Dark Ages or some shit, right? Uh, it's actually um, <laughs> a stairwell at the University of Chicago. Oh, but it okay. looks it looks very like high gothic. So yeah, so I, sure. I wouldn't have uh, known it's in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so so I was like, oh hey, you know, because I kind of want to start. I, I feel like I'm getting ready to wrap up the Dunkle Elf game I'm running. I'm getting ready to ra- wrap up the um, Esoteric Enterprises game I'm running. And I'm like, I kind of want to do something that's like a bit more hard horror. I want to do something that's a bit more atmospheric. So I was like, I'm going to get one of these things to try and be a bit more immersive, right? And so I go on Amazon, and there's like a billion of them. They're like not even mm-hmm. like hard to get. I thought for sure it'd be like one of those things like uh, I'm just so used to, like I don't know, a different era when like everything was kind of pain in the ass to get. And uh, I think you like put like, you type in like photo backdrop or something and you immediately get like hundreds of these different things because I guess they're like, cons- you know, low tier consumer grade printable now and people buy them as photo backdrops for like parties or some shit. Like, uh, like remember when you were in high school and you took a picture in front of something and then you paid money for it. But now that's real easy, I guess. Right. And right. so you can, you can get whatever you want. There's like, creepy woods and crumbling churches and there's there's some that are a bit more campy and then there's some that are maybe a bit more like uh like serious and then there's some that are just like you know bonkers fucking you know a dragon quality varies wildly is what i will say Um, (laughs) yeah so be aware of that and uh like i gotta say dr chuck tingle needs to get a couple backdrops up so god i can put one of those up behind me I would oh, get yeah. a space raptor butt invasion in a hot <laughs> second. I would buy that so fast. Why? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like CT, get on it, man, and like yeah. you know, hook a brother up because um, I'm feeding you some ideas here. So mm-hmm. That's, that, that one's <laughs> free. That one's yeah, free. That next one's free. Next, time, next time, yeah, next time he needs a contract first. Um. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got a couple of those, and uh, and that's been kind of fun. You know, kind of working on getting the play area uh, a little more, a little less kind of like high school gamey and a little bit more kind of like college gamey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Moving up. So, um, yeah. All right. Great. Let's uh, move on to the matter at hand. You know, we're talking about um, game mastery and like uh, the qualities of a good game master, like what it takes to sort of like um, crack into that uh that discipline um i I think a lot of people find it um daunting at first uh and then certainly i think some of the olds can probably um like uh back this up but there was definitely this um 
sense when we were kids that like there was this kind of mis like this power dynamic and there's this mystique around it that the people who ran games were somehow kind of like like had more swagger in the group and they could kind of throw their weight around a little bit more um and um and there was this kind of idea like oh man i just don't know if i have what it takes to to run games and i still and i and i've been doing this for my whole fucking life now i still hear people say that and it always kind of boggles me right where i'm always kind of like what just you just show up with your friends it's like if you could tell us a good story about like going to circle k and they were like out of slushies then you can tell a story about a dragon you know what i'm saying i mean it's not that different right um so uh but but to sort of demystify some of that process um uh, we're going to do this episode. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I was on Facebook and I encountered this, this thing on the OSR RPG group. And this guy named Carl Hale, it's H E Y L. And he wrote, I thought this was great. He said, things you're encouraged to learn to be a better dungeon master, voice acting, novel writing. And then he says, things you should actually learn to be a better dungeon master, logic and reasoning, cause and effect, risk analysis, math. Now, that's kind of an OSRE kind of take, but I think it's a good take. I think it's a really solid take. So let's crack this open. Um, Richard, I know you always take a lot of notes before the episode. Why don't you go ahead and just, you know, just like, like, you know... All right. Say something. Look, so, <laughs> uh, so I was one of those people that was forever, for a longest time, be like, I don't know, because I was also an introvert. So being able to get in front of a group of people and have all the attention upon me when thing when was was very daunting to me, and. As, as time went on, I was like, I was itching to tell stories and I finally started doing it. And I realized, first of all, if you're doing a, just from my introverted uh, point of view, if you're doing a good job, they're almost not even looking at you anymore because, (laughs) because (laughs) they've started to talk to each other way more than they're talking to the game master, which is my preferred way of, you know, the characters like figuring shit out. And then I'm, I'm reacting. I'm not like pushing them in a direction. They're telling me what they want to do. And once you figure out that, that you can, you know, especially it's always fun to like, here, here's a puzzle, everybody. And just sit there and wait for the, you know, there, there are infinite ways of getting that, getting the attention amount of attention you want but you also have to remember you're a player and that's the other part that i think a lot of people don't realize is the game master is not all about i mean you kind of you need to know how to play the game at least to some basic degree but you don't need to know all the all of it and you need to know how to arbitrate just say okay this is my decision this is what we're going to go with and be fair Mm, yeah 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 like a steady hand a steady, fair hand is way more important than knowing a bunch of rules. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that's why I, I, I mean, to some extent, I think there are games that you can kind of game master without being the game master in, in these like, and we'll get to like games. I will say that one of the great stepping stones you can do is have a, be a fiasco facilitator. 
And and if in this day and age, because it's really a GMless game, except you're just being like, here's 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 a subtle rule, or here's how you know we're we're I'm just guiding you through these like gateways that are in that game and helping set up, and that helps you get into the mode of like knowing just enough of the rules to be just half a step ahead. It's kind of like being a teacher. You don't have to know the whole rule book. Just be half a step ahead. <laughs> mm, fascinating. Fascinating. Um, let's, uh, let's go over to our guest, Daryl. Daryl, what are your thoughts? Well, I like what uh, the two of you have said. Um, so obviously my background, well, maybe not obviously, my background is more indie gaming. So um, my personal take is that the greatest skill of a GM is improv. And keeping a uh, cool and level head because when the players explode your plot, kill your big bad, run your story off the rails, you have to be able to to keep your wits about you and keep it entertaining and not let them know that that you're panicking. <laughs> um, and the second greatest skill of a GM that that I personally have used more than anything related to storytelling is group management. Um, as a GM, you need to be prepared that. While it's not necessarily true in all groups, the GM is generally also the group organizer. And with some of my gaming groups, I've spent just as much time uh, helping keep the group on the rails rather than just focusing on the gaming aspect. So in a perfect world, gaming is the only thing you're there for. But there's, you know, your your group of friends hanging around. And so you may need to uh, work on your group management skills, your diplomacy intact and your ability to have adult conversations, things like that. So I'll and, just and add those on to the description we've got going here. It's it's not even an, an necessarily an, an issue of what's going on in the session. And, it, and, and definitely it is. I mean, it definitely is that. But sometimes, oftentimes, it's a greater kind of meta conversation that you're having with this group of like five or six other people. And that kind of echoes back to that old sort of oh, the GM has a lot of clout in this group and the GM kind of like sets the pace and stuff because people look to the GM to say when the group is meeting and what time the group is meeting. And of course, there's always you know going to be a little bit of democracy and dialogue. I feel like it's pretty good. I, I feel like it's better for a GM to have a firmer hand than a less firm hand because I've seen... Um, groups just die by um essentially democracy you know you get you, you mm-hmm. get everything into this little council where everybody has one vote and then nobody can agree on anything and you know um and we got to get 100 percent agreement on what day and what time and there's no 100 percent agreement in our in our modern world and so everything just dies a death of a thousand cuts but uh group management ends up swallowing up like you'll be like fucking wednesday at work and you'll be like writing texts to your friends like hey you gonna show up with the fucking game this week or what you know what i'm saying yep. right mm-hmm. yep and that's uh, a huge part of group preparation for me is setting ground rules and boundaries on when i'm available to be contacted when i will and won't be dealing with gaming related items so yeah um there's just as much effort put into that side as there is to the any gaming skills yeah touche touche uh adam adam what up bud you've you've been a consummate gm for for decades now, what, I mean, I'm, I'm certain you have some thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh, first, what I would recommend is cultivate a nice drinking habit. Um, <laughs> you want to get kind of like right in that gold zone where you're not quite like a raging alcoholic, but uh, you're definitely a hard drinker. The other thing is uh, I recommend you become arbitrary and capricious and mete out justice uh, how you see fit at the time. 
Oh yeah, how's that working out? Yeah, <laughs> how is that working out? <laughs> is that working out well? <laughs> uh, so what I will say is, I think every GM starts out as somebody who just wants to play, but nobody wants to run. Uh, that was certainly my experience. Like I really wanted to play West End Star Wars, but nobody I knew would run it. Right. Uh, so right. I was like, well, hell, I'll run the damn thing. And then that uh, that's the that's the classic blunder akin to like waging a land war in, uh, you know, Asia. It's you're <laughs> you have you then become that guy. But I will say, like, you learn a lot about the rules and you learn a lot about what works and doesn't work. And to new well, when, when you say you become that guy, what do you mean? You become the game master from the game master. You become the game master pretty much all the time. And what I will say is like, don't, don't be afraid to run a game and don't be afraid to do it wrong because we all make mistakes. I still make mistakes when I'm running games. I mean, hell the number of times during the dark ages game alone, a game I have run, maybe hundreds of times at this point where I'm like, I don't know how that works. Like, let's go look it up or I'm just going to hand wave this. Uh, it, it's still pretty high. And I think the players who are here can kind of attest to that. Like I, I'm much more interested kind of in the narrative and getting everybody telling a story together than I am about accurately simulating a world or mm-hmm. worrying too much about what level of the path of chivalry does what. Um, and so, yeah, like just, take chances and have fun with it. it, it if it's something you want to do, you know, if, if you want to play and there's no one else to play, or if you really do just want to run, go for it. You're not going to do it wrong. Right. Or if you do, Ooh, you'll interesting. Learn. That's interesting. Hmm. Interesting. We should circle back to that. Uh, Ashley, uh, now you have run some con games, right? But you're still yeah. kind of, a, you're still overall sort of a neophyte to the running aspect. Is that yes. correct? I am a baby GM. Yes. So, uh, so what are your thoughts on all this? This is a this is a unique perspective. Please, mm-hmm. please elaborate. Well, first of all, um, Adam, I will take your accents over knowing the rules any day. Um, <laughs> Brendan and RBK, when you were talking about having a steady hand, is more important than knowing the rules. Um, it even says that in the books. You know, it even says that ultimately it comes down to GM discretion. So. Um, being able to make those calls uh, in the moment, which kind of leads into Daryl's point of improv being the greatest skill. Um, that's one of the things I love about talking with you guys is every time we do this kind of thing, whether it's for a show or just in the round table or whatever, I learn so much. And so it's awesome. And I love being around you guys. But um, to me, no, no, some- go on. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Tell me more about how great I am. Yes. I, I, I did. I jest. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. You're kind of joking. Um, so the, those are the things that I had picked up just while you guys were talking. But the notes I had written down before are, um, in addition to being a theater kid, which lends itself into the narrative gaming more so than the rules specific ones, um, I'm also a band geek. So in band, coming from being a single instrument in a larger group, you can go on to be the director. So that's kind of how I look at the GMing role is instead of being a player, just a player, you are taking on like you you have to have a bigger picture of what's going on. You have to be aware of all the moving parts. So I think that's intimidating for a lot of people. And I know it certainly still is to an extent for me, but um, I do think on my feet pretty quickly. That is one thing I will say about myself. So um, 
when it comes down to actually jumping into it, you are going to make mistakes. And it's a matter of being able to roll with it. And I think it's also important to let your players drive the story more than you railroading them into a story, if that makes sense. So that's... Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. Ta- I'll take that. I'll take that. So, I mean, you know, an even hand, but a light hand. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, I, look, okay, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Like, I mean... I think I think that we've all kind of um, we've all kind of like talked around it a little bit, but um, there is a certain like kind of um, because it comes into the being fair and it comes into the group management and it comes into the knowing when to grab the table and be like you just realize that they've like gone into the weeds and they're planning something stupid and you just and you just pull the table all together and then you set a scene to restart the the production of the game you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying all of that kind of um is kind of on this fulcrum of you have to you have to learn how to read people in a certain way you have to kind of s- sit behind the screen and um and watch them right and you have to kind of s- learn not just what makes people tick, because if you do that, if you if you go out into the world and you observe people and you have a lot of interactions with people, then your NPCs will be a lot better. That's just like hot tip, hot tip from Brendan. All right, you should your, your NPCs should have like reason, you know, motivations that people can understand. But when you're sitting at the table and you're watching the micro movements on people's faces, there's an element of knowing what they want. Like, what do they want to get out of this, right? <clears throat> And that's so critical to this whole thing because role playing is like is, is is this collaborative effort, and collaborative efforts get so muddy so quick, you know, and it can be so hard to know what people want. And, and, and as a GM who has essentially like based his entire style on like sitting behind the screen and then almost in the way that like a conductor manages. Uh, orchestra, like by pulling this out of somebody and pulling something else out at the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. This whole new online thing is very vexing to me because there's so much less to work with. You know, so much less body language, there's so much less facial movement. I have one game where uh, there's a dude who doesn't have a camera on his computer. He only, he interacts with us via the microphone, that's it. And, uh, and so there'll be these huge, these huge gulfs of silence where he's not saying anything, and then it's like, and then his voice comes through. So, um, I mean, these are all like kind of challenging and daunting new frontiers in this area. But like, really, an examination of how people work is to me a fundamental aspect of uh, being a game master. But we've all kind of laid out our initial premises. Let's uh, let's 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 go around. Let's uh, let's do the thing. What do you guys have to say? To me, listening is the most fundamental thing if 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 i was to go back through my point is and and sometimes you're saying body language but even before you're playing if somebody makes like the the wolverine character as the classic you know lone wanderer who is the most you know most violent vicious killer um you know they're telling you what kind of story they want so you know listen to i mean Yes, you should have something you're kind of thinking about, but like those things that the players are telling you by the characters they made or in the choices they make 
is should be it's part of you know they say you know that storytelling is the story uh story games are the new collaborative all collaborative storytelling kind of thing but even traditional games are collaborative storytelling if you let them be like the 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 gm uh, the the you know the, to the point of the original that the guy statement is like that novel writing is like kind of you know we always talk about the person that wants to just read you their novel and that's kind of a bad trope and mm-hmm. that's kind of the the thing that i'm telling you you can break out of that idea by just you have a story but also like use the pieces of the things around the table to make something and it will, it'll take time and you'll make mistakes, but just, you know, listen to what your players are saying and then ask them after the session is over, what went well <laughs> and, and try and listen to them. And sometimes you'd be like, well, yeah, I, I think that went well. And you thought that didn't go well, but we'll see how that plays out. So there, there, there's a little mental push pull there too. So, Oh, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. There, you know, sometimes when the players, uh, I, that, that's that's a big problem with when I run games. Is I um I uh I tend to think the story is really singing when everybody else is kind of like, oh man, our characters are fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, your characters <laughs> should be fucked, right? I mean, that's like that's like the fun part, right? And then sometimes I have to remember that, like, that sometimes that's not the fun part. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> the fun part is like kicking in fucking faces or something. You know, so sometimes people really get a lot out of that. And I think it also depends on your table and what they enjoy. Because some people like the puzzles. Some people like the murder hoboing. Like, some people just like the different things. Some people like the story. But um, to RBK's point where he's talking about uh, instead of just having this story, I've I've been involved in a group like that where the GM basically had written a story and just wanted us to act out the part. So I'm like, give me a script and I can read it for you. But that's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm here to, you know play a game. So the way that I explained it to my nieces, which I'm going to start running a 5e campaign for my niece, I'm really excited, Rad. the niece and her friends. Um, but I'm like, it's like a choose your own adventure book, but you roll dice to see how it ends up going, you know, so if you kind of have an idea of a story in mind, but are open to it changing, depending on what your players do, then I think that that's kind of the best way to, I don't know, move that along. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to play it. You got to play it. Find out what happens. I mean, I, I kind of picked that up from um, Apocalypse World, obviously. But uh, I mean, I think that's one of the best pieces of like kind of GM advice. And and uh, again, um, like uh, I, I think Adam's at this great. Adam says something really great where he where, and I, I don't know. Maybe Adam, did you say this? But like it was definitely in the way that way that you said it mm-hmm. is like it's like this passion for storytelling. Right. You know, right. everybody knows a good story when they hear it, right? But if you're the kind of person who really just needs to tell the story, then you should get out there and tell the story, right? right. No, for sure. Yeah, definitely. If you have that germ of an idea kind of rattling around inside your head, and you can even grow it, too, if you need to. But, you know, if you if you have that, then share it with the people and let them interact with it and kind of play with it and see where it goes. You know, you... I will tell you, as somebody who has tried writing like narrative fiction in the past, and uh, stories don't always go the way that you want them to, even when you're the only one writing it. Uh, sometimes the characters do stuff where you're just like, oh, okay. Um, 
I don't really know what to do with that. And so it, it's a good tool from that standpoint too, just to kind of train you to deal with that and to train you to, to interact with characters who are kind of willful and doing their own thing. Strong. If you have that need, you, everybody has a story in them. Okay. And I, you tell me, Oh, you don't have a story. I, I believe everyone has a story in them and we, we need more diverse and interesting voices to game master so we can get more interesting and diverse games and we all, you know, kind of laugh at this behind every once in a while, but every GM wants to write a game eventually, like a, a, a system or a, <laughs> a, a game. It just, it's like, it's, it's the stepping stone. You first, you're a player, if you can be, then you'll be the game master. And then you'll be like, hey, you know, I want to write a game. And I really believe that we're at the beginning of something very special with the more diverse voices getting out there and saying that so i highly encourage everyone to to like yeah i've never game mastered like try it at least once and and bring yourself to the table like if you you know whatever your background is bring it to the table and you'll you'll be surprised how well that goes like the drug dealer of role-playing games yep (laughs) first one's free (laughs) (laughs) just try it just once just to see if you like it so uh, I'm stepping on Daryl. Daryl, hit me up. What do you got? Well, I was just going to ask a question to the group because we're we're focusing a lot on the do's, and uh, I feel like that there's probably an equal opportunity for the do nots for new game masters. The things I, I think we've all encountered a stumbling block or two on our journey that we might be able to save someone else from. Um, for example, uh, for myself, um, one of the greatest tools in my toolbox when I started out because I was all indie and, and whatnot, uh, was the yes anding. And I was, I was given yes and as like the sacred commandment that you always said yes and moved forward from there, you know, the, the first rule mm-hmm. of improv. But uh, what I learned through years of experience is that yes and is sometimes weaponized by your players in really uh, awful ways that, that derail the fun, that stop other players from having fun if they're if they've got some kind of crazy character build or some kind of a crazy story idea. And especially when a game with kids, uh, cause I run a lot of kid or yeah, I run a lot of games for, for young teenagers and, uh, like the 10 to 15 age range where they just want to do crazy things. It's okay to say no. I would say yes. And is a wonderful tool, but it's okay to say no. If your players are going way off the rails, if they're doing something crazy, that's interfering with the rest of the table's fun, get ready to say no. You know, and use no as a valid tool also. Yeah, I mean, it can sure. be pretty Yeah, that's true. It can be satisfying to be like, no and fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no and. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are some of your guys' experiences that, that you would say something that uh, you would say don't do this as a GM? Well, I mean, with kind of trying to stay away from just like doling out like advice or like oh, lessons. Okay. I'm really more kind of focusing on like qualities, I guess I would say oh, okay. like like uh, like a quality to not bring to it, like a quality that, you know, you know what, a quality that will not serve you, I think, in, in role playing. Now, now, now there's a party for everybody. OK, it's, it's like kink. There's somebody out there for everybody. <laughs> Right. So if you've got don't make it if, if, if I say this, don't be like, well, well, I hang my head in shame and I walk away, you know, or or maybe maybe if me saying it discourages you, then that's enough, you know, to keep you out of it. Then you didn't want it enough or some shit. I don't know. But what I would say is um, don't don't bring like this, uh, this like white knuckled grip on the rules. Mm-hmm. Don't, 
that that like this kind of they're the kind of personality that like is completely inflexible and unyielding will um create like a like a lot of confrontation at the table and um and kind of like like that 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 sense that the GM needs as a person to be kind of like a boat that's riding these waves you got to kind of know how to ride those waves like if you're just like no we're just this this is the pace we're going straight forward and uh and it says right here in this book and then you start pounding the page like i mean you're going to need to find like a very rarefied party that's really going to want to interact with that you know what i'm saying like the 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 role-playing space has become much more diverse in recent years and um and i i i I just don't think that people find that quite to be as fun as maybe in the role-playing world they once did you know absolutely yeah first rule is the rule of cool second rule is the rule of fun you know be flexible i like that oh jesus yeah fun it's like gotta be fun right i mean But then you get into this whole fucking conundrum about like, well, what is fun? So and and that's and that's that's a whole pickle all on its own. Yep. Yep. Well, like you said, there's a table for everyone. Like some people are into more. I want to follow exactly what this book says and use the rules. And some people want to be a little more loose with it. So the first type are wrong. (laughs) The first type are wrong. (laughs) Just because it's not for you doesn't mean it's not for someone. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is yeah. that is absolutely 100% true. What I'll say is don't let toxic people at your table just because mm. you want players. Oof, yeah. Like, I have been guilty of that, um, but they are a cancer, and you should cut them out as early and aggressively as you can. Um, do not game with toxic people because uh, they will one, – well, one of two things will happen. They'll ruin everyone else's fun, um, or they will bring more toxic people with them, mm-hmm. and then – you're running a game for a table full of toxic people because all of your good players left. Mm-hmm. So be aware of that, be hyper vigilant about it and be ready to deal with it. If it comes up, mm-hmm. it's like ruling in hell. Yeah, basically <laughs> like, Hey, I got a gaming group and they're reliable and we meet all the time, but I hate all of them and they're the worst. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it has to be fun for you too, right? I think sometimes right. GMs mm-hmm. forget that. Like this is supposed to be fun. You are a player. Fun for you. What's that? Yeah. You are a player of this game. You should also enjoy what you're doing in at some level, or otherwise, yeah, there's no point. Yeah, and 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 you will encounter those people who treat you like you're a like a, a dancing bear or something, and they're like mm-hmm. and they're like dance for me, GM, and you're just like what? Like like I mean, it's you. You know, you're not like Wayne Newton or something. You know, you don't get paid to entertain. Yep. You know, they come in and they're like, "Well, I want a plus three sort of," a, and you're like, "Well, great, <laughs> whatever." Yeah, you'll get yeah, it if sure. you get it. You know, like what's what's with the entitlement? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I kind of harp on expectations always being my so, sort of an enemy uh, in some ways because you'll you'll have a like, oh, this is an amazing idea, and then they don't bite. And and that hurts a little bit on the inside, but you have to kind of like go, okay, well, they didn't like that, but they're, they're enjoying this other thing. Well, I'm going to steer, I'm going to steer into this other thing. And, and maybe there's a, you know, a clock in the background that they'll have to deal with something that they missed earlier and not to be vengeful, but just to have a living world. But I mean, there's always going to be this nothing NPC that, 
it's a trope that they they fall in love with a nothing NPC and then they become kind of the heart of the campaign, well or whatever. So you you have to kind of curb your expectations a little bit, be excited, but understand that not everything's going to land as well as it is in your head. So oh yeah, oh Jesus, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, what can you give say? an example of that? Has that? Can you give an example of when that's happened to you? Um. Or is that one of those things that you kind of like, you know, it's happened, but you can't really think? Yeah, it's, it's been a while uh, since that happened. Like, oftentimes my expectations are with the system doing something for me. Uh, well, like sort of the hit the streets game. Mm-hmm. Like, I expected that to do a lot of uh, more of some heavy lifting or at least help it, the system help pushing things along like in a Power by the Apocalypse game does. But this, because it's a different kind of, it's it's a different animal. It didn't quite do the same thing, and it didn't have there. There needed to be a little more earth there to to that. My expectations could have maybe grown into something more. Like I, my expectation was to maybe have a more living, uh, a living block, having more side characters that you would interact with. That maybe you know that that these people would come up. Mm, these okay. people, these yeah, people would come up and saying. and and they would become part of the story as we went along, and that never really because I, I, as far as I can tell, we only had a few side characters. Everybody, the spotlight was mostly on the PC group for most of the time, and I was expecting because I wasn't forcing everybody to be in a group that there would be like everybody have their own little universe of characters. Like, you know, uh, Willie B's character, uh, Boston, Brooklyn, whatever the fuck his name name was, have like three mechanics that we'd have like the mechanics lives part of this. And, you know, that that's part of that whole kind of like story game thing that I, I enjoy where, you know, the NPCs become like this kind of life of their, it brings life to the city. And that's, that was maybe the expectations is I, I felt like I didn't quite make this, the block live as much as I wanted to. That's hard. That's hard when you get in there and you can even have a really vivid idea of the kind of story that you want to tell and how you want to tell it. And then just something doesn't click. And like, it's real easy as a GM to like let that get you down and make you think like, oh man, I fucking suck at this. I'm not good at this anymore. But it hap- dude, it like happens to everybody, right? And yeah. uh, and it'll and it'll happen to you, prospective GM, where you're you 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 have in your hot little hands like some game that you think is brilliant and you really want to share it with people, and then for some reason it just doesn't work. You just can't get it to work, you know. Um, I feel like my uh, my esoteric enterprises game on the, the Friday night one is it, it, it has it's I, I feel like it's had a really hard time getting traction you know yeah it's just never turned into the game that I wanted it to be right and um, there's definitely been some moments when I've been like looking in the mirror and I'm like thinking oh am I fucking losing my edge man am I like not a fucking good GM anymore but I run other games and they go fine you know there's just something about that one and it's just like uh, you know what? You know, dust yourself off, move on, right? You know, exactly. Gotta keep keep rolling the dice, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you still enjoy it, right? Yeah. You still fucking enjoy role playing. Exactly, and that that's kind of like I got a whole shelf of books. Like I'll put this one back on the shelf or put it in the sale pile, and I'll reach and grab another one. And that may you may not need to switch systems unless you feel like the system's not doing what you want. Uh, but 
you know, it may, it may be the players. It may be the system. It's your expectation. There's all sorts of reasons that the games don't quite go, but everybody, and as long as you're having fun and everybody else is saying they're having fun and they're not telling you later that they didn't have fun, (laughs) uh, then I see no reason to, to stop doing it. They're they're, there. Just keep going and doing your thing. That's yeah. Yeah, that, that that's that's good. It's like it's like well, they they say they're having fun. I mean, that's like an extra. That's that's a solid one, right? You solicit feedback and then hope that they're being truthful. Sweet Lord, players out there, be truthful with your GM, man. If something's not working, let them know. God, yeah, fle- you know? please, um, holy crap! <laughs> fucking hell! Like none of us want to be sitting at these kind of like awkward dinner table style games where we're just like. We're just like, oh god, when do I get to go home? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> Shit's the worst. I think. I think. I remember. I, I was at a game once. Literally, I was just like so tired, and the game was really slow. The pacing on it was just like incredibly slow. Where we were literally like going down corridors, and then like every time we turned a corridor, we get like a new description of a very very similar corridor, and it was uh oh we there were there were all these dead bodies. And then each body that we encountered, there was this like lengthy looting session because there was this dude who was just obsessed with like looting corpses, right? Because he wanted to sell the shit later. Anyway, he was one of those toxic players that Adam doesn't like. I don't like him either. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Adam doesn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah Adam. Damn that, Adam. <laughs> but, but Adam, so dis- discriminatory against the toxic. What? Where, where does? Where? Where do your prejudices end, Adam? Anyway, um. <laughs> Yeah, so like I, I literally had to get up from the table and like walk over to the couch in this person's living room and then just lay down on the couch and like I take take a nap. Like I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> take it, you know what I'm saying? I was I just couldn't take it. Um so uh if uh if your players if your players give you feedback and sometimes the feedback isn't just a real direct like, yo homie, this is the most boring thing in the entire universe, but like if your player goes and takes a nap in the middle of the session, <laughs> you meditation. might you might look at the that as feedback. Just saying. Well, what do you think, guys? Do we want to do some like final thoughts here, Daryl? I feel like you came on the show and then I don't know. Did I? Did, was it that we didn't give you enough time to talk? Well, no, why, why don't you why, why don't you give us some final thoughts as we wrap up? So, um, one of the perspectives I was thinking about when I when I was uh, when I volunteered to come on the show is that. Um, for a long time with the wrecking crew, I was known as the newbie GM because, uh, I was the newest member of the wrecking crew to run games. And I was kind of, and I guess it's a wrecking crew thing, or maybe this is a thing with all kind of gaming groups, but I was kind of thrown into the fire with very little direction or, or help. It was just kind of a, here's a convention, pick a game and run it. And I was just kind of tossed in and then doing the podcast, um, hearing the advice of my co-hosts and discussing those issues one of the biggest things that helped me was realizing that all of the problems that I, as a GM had were normal, that everybody goes through this. And I think that's an important perspective for all new GMs to understand is that you are going to run into some really weird situations, but you are not a pilgrim here. You are not the first one to land on these shores. Uh, You have help, you have backup, you have an army of GMs who have come before you. Uh, I mean, as as much as a sign of the times as it is, uh, advice on gaming is ubiquitous. You can get anywhere. It's available through podcasts, through blogs, through Facebook. Um, I run an entire group on Facebook that's just, hey, if you have a question, ask it. Um, so 
Would you like to Don't, tell everybody what that group is? So yeah, Guild of Gamers. Out? Yeah, oh, Guild oh, of Gamers. Oh. So uh, my original my original reasons for Guild of Gamers was to give gamers a place to chat about games, and it kind of became the party that I ran that became the like almost convention in my home every month that I ran. And uh, unfortunately, now that we can't gather, it's the page where I share funny memes kind of thing and gaming <laughs> starters. But uh, yeah, fucking if brutal. You, Oh, it's, brutal. It's, uh, it, you know, it's a temporary thing. We will get back to gaming. Um, and a lot of people are using it as a way to, to get pick up games and get players or GMs for their home games for online or wherever. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, come to Guild of Gamers if you want. It's, it's, a, it's a page with a lot of good advice and a lot of good people, and you can always ask questions there. But by no means are we the only uh, source. Go to your game stores. You, every game store that I'm aware of has a looking for players group which is a great place to um, find players, but it's also a great place to ask for advice. Uh, and is I even it, know... Is it, Daryl? I feel <sighs> like... Man, you're going to You're going to get I advice. Got, I got... <laughs> you're gonna get, you will get advice. You will get advice. Ah, uh, man. I, you're going to get a lot of competing perspectives of what you're going to get. And, you know, it's it's funny because <laughs> as, we're, as we're typing this, I'm also looking at the uh, Discord for Full Metal RPG where... Uh, I admit I have not been as attentive as I should have been. And, and you know, there's and some really good I. discussions that are happening there. Um, I liked when we were talking about the X card a while back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good uh, resources for you out there. I just want to let you know that as, as a GM, whether whether you are the sole GM for your hometown, because I know a few people in that position where they live in some odd little backwater nowhere place with, 10 total people in the town and five of them are players and they're just looking for a GM. This is the internet days, you know, you, you, the internet age, you, you're not alone. You can, you have access to us. So I would say that just about everybody on this show today is a good resource too. Um, so I have definitely taken some hours out of my life to um, address the, uh, the DMS that come into me about particular gaming conundrums and I'm happy to do it. Um, no, I do do feel free to reach out at Fullmetal RPG Insta. That's at Fullmetal RPG or the uh, at uh, Flayedman Books Insta because um, those are the two I'm on most most regularly. Um, yeah, so no, no, solid gold, solid gold. And I feel like uh, I feel like each of the hosts kind of has like their own little kind of um, people who who are interested in talking to them, right? When, when, right? when we're not on the show, like we all hear from listeners, and um, I think we all hear from different ones, right? People who relate to certain personalities better than others mm-hmm. yep for sure cool cool well does anybody have any closing thoughts as we get ready to wrap this up go out all right have fun <laughs> yep go for it <laughs> just do it it's like yeah. a nike commercial or something i don't know anyway <laughs> yeah 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 my i guess my closing thought my closing thought is the first time i did it i was very nervous as well and i didn't want to do it and then, uh, everything everybody has said is is very similar you know i did it because i didn't want my role-playing group to go away I did it because I wanted to play vampire and nobody else was going to run vampire. And I was very, very nervous and I didn't need to be because nobody knows. Nobody knows the, the prep that you've put in or the story that you were going to tell. So whatever story you end up telling is the story that happens. And they just assume that that's the story that there always was. And then, um, and then uh, the, the big secret, the big, big fucking secret that I, that so many people don't know is that GMing is like the best part. The whole thing about being like, Oh, you gotta be the GM. That's just some bullshit. It's so much more fun than just playing. You, you don't get you don't you don't have to play just one character. You can play like thirty characters in a session if you want. 
And then anytime there's some little embellishment that you want to add to the environment or to what's going on around the game, anytime you want to pull a crazy twist or you have some peak of like a plot idea that you want to entertain, you just can do it, you know? Um, not to mention the fact that you get to like walk through the fucking doors of the game store all the time and look at all those beautiful multicolored books and each one of them contains like a little world inside of it and and uh, you never have to wait for your friends to express interest in that. You can just express interest in that and then you can go out and you can find the other people that are interested in it or you can cultivate that interest in others. And um and that's man, to me that's that's the funnest part. I'm so fucking glad I got into GMing. I never, you know, um, I don't, I, I can't imagine myself ever stopping anyway. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. You can come fucking find us on the internet, full metal RPG on Instagram, uh, full metal RPG official on the Gmail. Uh, everybody's got their own little, uh, um, like Instagrams and shit. Like Richie is out there. Adam's out there. Ashley's out there. Daryl, uh, do you want to hear from people? If so, where would you like them to uh, talk to you? Oh, well, like I say, Guild of Gamers on Facebook, wonderful group. Uh, or you can email me, DarylVLynn at gmail.com. So that's also my email address. Fucking rad. And, uh, you know, check out Exalted Funeral and uh, check out our Patreon. If uh, you like what we're doing here, we've done a lot of, we've, we've gotten a lot of new patrons lately and uh, we're able to do more work because of it. So uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Please check it out. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Good night. Take it easy. Bye. Fuck the police. Heavy, I don't get it. How come I haven't hit it already? Still working, I'm still learning, I'm still searching. Finally earning something, finally turning something called a profit. If I hear you talking shit, don't get caught in it. I'll be popping off and hit your ass, dropping all your shit. Yeah, I promise this, I got promises. You ain't stopping this. Cross my shit, you'll be knocked unconscious, bitch. That's the consequence. I got this, I will not quit. Man, I'm on it, honest. I'm gonna launch quick, then I'm gone. It's just a matter of time before I'm over the line and moving on to my. Prime, just quit my nine to five. I'm rocking, and they watching, cause it's shocking. Dropping all these top ten songs, so stopping. It's time to live my life, it's time to live my die. Wish I could slow down time and just enjoy the climb.
working on a movement, girl, do it Cause I'm in the zone and you know That I'm ready for the shows, how it goes I don't know, but I'm waiting till I'm chose Run, roll, here I go All these people wanna know what you think of them lately Do you really love me or do you really hate me? On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you grade me? All this social media has got me going crazy lately Everything's inflated, mainly Everyone's invaded, privacy is naked Man, I really hate it, God, I really hate it I just wanna make it through all this fake shit Living in the real life, living for some real times Talk about the real climb, passionate and real rhyme Steal time, back from my 9 to 5 Taking back my fucking life, I just wanna feel alive Demographic, this 